0: I get the privilege of wrapping up this what has been an incredible series Um, if you guys are here for the first time my name's dave and i normally have a a a better looking half but she's got other stuff she's dealing with at the moment in joburg so just if i'm a bit emotional excuse me Uh, we had a death in the family today that's why my wife's not here so her dad passed away at about four o'clock today so it's amazing, God's providence, that I get to preach on our hope in eternity, or today. And uh, for me, it's, it, was, it was actually a discussion that was, thanks. I'd hate to hit the guitar, it sounds terrible. Um, but yeah, my wife and I had the discussion on Friday because it looked like it was going that way. And I just said, this is actually an opportunity in, in God's providence, because um, I am sure of where he is. I'm completely sure. And I th- also the privilege, I do think it's a privilege of burying my dad in December. And the same conviction. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think, you know, we don't, sometimes we don't talk about it. Sometimes we we have these empty kind of hopes. But when my dad died, um, I was actually with Mike when we got the news. And this isn't my notes. obviously. I didn't prepare this on Thursday. But... Um, the sense, that, not even the sense, the just complete picture I had of my dad celebrating in heaven was just profound, and that's the grace of God. And I had the same in the sense that my dad and her dad are now drawing. they actually together. So I'm like, thanks, bro. I will need that. Um, so, yeah, just, I'm obviously processing, so give me some grace. But I do think it's, it's, There's no coincidences in God, right? The reason I got to preach tonight is not because Gabe's watching golf. Um, He's actually a table view. I think that's been mentioned. All right, so heaven, hell, and hope. And uh, the question, I think, when it comes to hope, that most people ask when they're at the salvation moment, when they're actually deciding along along the, the journey, what's in it for me? That's how we think if you know at any stage in our life when we're making major decisions that's the question we ask um, what's in it for me and i think this the the great se- the series has been fantastic because we've we've had a a great picture of what the tangible heaven i think um i don't want to rehash the other preachers, but for me, doing this study has been so good because. It's just reshaped for me the reality of heaven. It's not some ethereal place that's, you know, maybe somewhere. It's a place. It's, there's actually tangible stuff, and it's been so great. And then last week, incredibly challenging, Mark did a fantastic job talking about hell. And so what's in it for me? Hope is an incredible word, and I think we've, we've misunderstood it in a lot of our colloquialisms, and we say, well, I hope I'll be there. Um, which is basically a polite (laughs) handoff, right? (laughs) Um, I hope to be there, not really, Um, but it's actually, in the New Testament context, it's a confident expectation. What do you expect? And um, I just, I want to do two things tonight, really. It's what do we expect now? Because, um... I'd hate for you to understand the salvation story as a one-day-only story. Um, if anything, remember today, I can stand here in confidence of where my father-in-law is. I can stand here in confidence of, so tomorrow when I get up, that shapes my world. I know where I'm going. I'm going to see them again. I'm going to, we're going to celebrate again. We're going to reminisce. And I believe they are part of the cloud of witnesses today that I'll talk about later. So it is a today and that day, gospel. And it's an expectation for now and an expectation for that day. But just to shape that, I'm going to spend more time on than that day because um, who of you have traveled first class or business class in an airplane? Come on, you can flex now. Okay, all right. I've done it once. The sad story is it was for a 40-minute flight. <laughs> the once. I mean, my parents, so, my parents are so lucky. They, they used to... Uh, Get upgrades frequently to business class and more than once to first class for these nice long ones. I got a 40-minute upgrade. <laughs> so I'm gonna just the reason I'm telling you that story is I'm gonna spend more time on the, the long tomorrow, if that's okay. But while we're on to today, Ephesians 2, our salvation story. We are saved by grace through faith for works. Now that has become a major issue for some people whose oh, works oriented gospel. No, it's saved by four. Right? So we have a purpose. That's the exciting part of the, the today gospel is I actually have meaning. No longer I have the search for meaning. It's right there. I've got you are part of my story. Your coworkers are part of your story. Part of your search for meaning is found in them. So there's not much more to say about that than Work. Out the fruit of your salvation. I should have taken my password off. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so it's not by doing, but for doing. That's the expectation for now. But we're going to read something, Luke 18. And forgive me, I know I'm jumping around in Scripture a bit today, but we're looking at a theme. I don't know if you can read that, but I'll read it for you as well. Forgive me, this translation is different. It says, Jesus responding to Peter saying, hey, we left everything. And Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, there is not one of you who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom. Very important note there. For the sake of the kingdom, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. Quite simply put, a life lived for the kingdom is a life well spent. You can expect a good return for your investment, but you've got to invest in the kingdom, not your kingdom, the kingdom. So what can we expect on that day, the long tomorrow? Now, we are going to be focusing on the rewards of the eternal rewards, and as I mentioned earlier, the whole salvation saved by grace, that's a personal thing as well. John, John 1:12, it's each that received him. He gave the right to be. So there's a it's a personal reality to the gospel. There's a personal reality to your salvation. There's a personal reality to your relationship with him. There's also a personal reality to the rewards that you can expect. So just for clarity's sake, whoops, for clarity's sake, I'm not. That was for you, Mike. Um for clarity's sake, I'm not talking these rewards. It's not justification. It's not the salvation story. This is what you get for what you've done. All right? All right, so Paul writes in Corinthians, and he says this, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize, but that prize will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. Now, I was thinking about... Um, athletes, just going straight from, from that scripture. And I've got a picture of probably one of the most famous athletes in terms of statues, because I think about a reward. The ath- if you think about the athletes in primitive times in Greece, this is the pinnacle of success. You'd get a wreath, but if you had repeatedly had success, they make a statue of you. Anybody know that guy's name? No, we know the artist. So his his reward isn't actually even for him. We actually we get to look at the art. That's all we get to appreciate. He he didn't actually achieve it. Now I'm going to have a bit of fun with this. If you look at the next one, these are guys that we know. Now these are statues that have been made (laughs) by people that are also the pinnacle of their sphere. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, if any of you saw this on Twitter, it blew up. Like, the exact opposite what he wanted, he became a laughing stock Because of just that statue that was made of him. It's real, and that's, yeah, it's still up for some reason. And the next one, you'll probably recognize, he looks like a confused cartoon character. He's like, he's falling asleep halfway through pointing at something. That's Elvis Presley, by the way, if you don't know. For the younger, younger guys. And the next one is um, Oscar Wilde, he looks like a swamp creature. So this is their (laughs) reward. Can you see the, okay, and I think there's one more. Awesome, it's not a political statement that by the way, Um, but that's Milana Trump. And uh, she looks like firewood. You see, we've, we've, um, you can move on. <laughs> That's going to be distracting to have one. But we've got an eternal reward, and there's a few things I want to just use to shape. Firstly, who is our creator? He's the one who's going to, he, he's gone to prepare a place for us, right? Firstly, he is the creative one. So let's not expect block statues or, you know, the, it's, it's, The Creator, the Good Father, all those characteristics that you know to be true about God, His nature, that will be reflected in the prizes that we receive in our our eternal rewards. All right, so first, just a few qualities. I think um, I'm going to jump through these quickly because I want to get to specifics. But they're eternal, um, and they'll be for us. All right, so in Matthew 6, Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven where moth can't destroy. Um, there's an eternal aspect to that. It 's not going to be taken over by interest. It's not going to be lost as gabe shared by some financial crisis. It's eternal. Secondly, the probably the most unpopular thing I 'll say tonight it's conditional. This is not Oprah. We don't all get one. We don't all get one. And personally, if I'm honest, um, certainly not the reason I went to Cambodia, but one of the reasons I stayed. I knew my eternal reward was secure because it's something God told me to do. That's not saying you all have to do. You just have to be obedient to what God tells you to do because that's where your reward lies in return for what you've done. All right, so it's not all the same, but thirdly, they're tangible. They're actually, we're going to receive physical things, homes, places, right? I'll get into it later, but I think there's there's a thought of, is it going to be good enough? Because that's how I experience it. You know, you save up for your phone. This is my experience, right? And then uh, you drop a chisel on the one part of the phone that can't be replaced. The thumb scanner. <laughs> it's, it's not eternal, right? Uh, it's also disappointing on the third day anyway. If it still works, right? So I think that's why I've got saturating and satisfying. It's truly, if you understand the New Testament, it's from glory to glory. And heaven is going to be from glory to glory. So we'll never actually get bored. It's not going to be good enough. It's going to be overpoweringly satisfying. Not satisfactory like I used to get on my report cards, if I was lucky. Mostly, it would be the little prefix before that, the un-one unsatisfactory was more of my story but then that's also it's not there but can I just say ridiculously good right there's no scripture for that but if you know God you know the character of God he's just ridiculously good he's just it's just that good all right so then some specifics um Gabe did a fantastic job actually unpacking five crowns today. I would suggest you go and look at it online. I'm not going to rehash that. But those are the five crowns that are mentioned in Scripture. The imperishable crown, the crown of rejoicing, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, and the crown of life. And these we all get, and interestingly enough, in the fullness of time, we give them to him. And Revelation says we lay down our crowns, all right? Then, secondly, places. In John 14, I'm going to read it. Is that all right? It's just helpful to read some scripture sometime. Sorry. It says from verse 2 In my father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have not told you so? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will prepare a place for you, and I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. There's a hint at the greater reward there as well, but I'm focusing on place right now. There's places. All right, thirdly, in terms of the specific, there's economics. Um, we know there's a city, right, and cities f- function around economic systems. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be a capitalist government. <laughs> I'm not saying anything into about the politics. But there will be There will be an economic system because we know Jesus says, store up treasures. What's the point of a treasure if you can't use it? To just look at? I'm, I'm not interested in just... Sorry, forgive me, but jewelry for me is not a thing, right? Um but it's actually, I believe there's a financial system and there'll be, there'll be economics in heaven because there's streets of gold and there's, there's jewels mentioned and all that stuff has value if there's an economic system. Otherwise, what's the point? You might as well make it out of polystyrene. All right? So the economics. Now, I want to spend time on the fourth one because for me, this is part of my story. And this is wrapped up in one of the crowns as well. And I'll read it. It's people. We're going to have the reward of people in heaven. Right? 1 Thessalonians 2 I'm actually going to read from verse 17. This, again, wasn't in my notes. Helps if I turn to Thessalonians. For those of you that don't know the most, uh, my greater story, my wife and I planted a church in Cambodia and um, uh, we were there for 14 years and managed to do what God sent us to do by the grace of God and nothing else. I'll say that much. Um, not, a, not an easy wicket by any chance. But um, we managed to hand over our church all in God's timing, and we moved back here during lockdown in 2020. Before I left, this is one of the scriptures that I read to our people. And I, I just, let me let the word speak. It says, but since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face. I had great friends that we had done ministry together for years. I mean, over a decade of ministry with some people. So just understand that's why I'm reading this. But because we wanted to come to you, Paul, again and again and again. But Satan hindered us, COVID, thanks. Um. But for what is our hope, or our joy, or our crown of rejoicing before the Lord? Is it not you? For me, this is probably the most tangible reward I look forward to. The people that I have had the privilege of ministering to, the people I've had the privilege of sharing my faith with, they will be there because I opened my mouth. And you have people that you've touched your family members, your friends, they are your crown of rejoicing. That is a fantastic thing. You are going to be greeted by hordes and you're going to be surprised because there's a chain effect that happens. You speak to one, they speak to another, and the next minute you've got a crowd. That is going to be your crown of rejoicing. But again, please note the conditional. You need to speak we need to, when we have that, oh, this person, this person doesn't know. Last week we heard about hell. That is a reality. Not to scare people there, but the hope that we have, the hope that we have that is sure, we sang saying the anchor, that we have to share. And you will receive a fantastic welcome when you get there. People that will say, hey, you spoke to Jeff, and Jeff spoke to me. Come on, guys, it's, it's such an amazing thing. And the thing is, we, we, we don't have a reality base for heaven. That becomes very wishy-washy. Another one that's close to my heart, in Revelation 2.17, we don't really have time to read it. But he says he'll give you a stone, just forgive me, I just love this one, with a secret name. Jesus is going to give you a stone. It's a white stone. And there's a lot of symbolism there in terms of your innocence. If you look at the, the law of the day, that's how the jury would actually cast their votes. If it was a white stone, the person was innocent. If it was a black stone, they were guilty. But he's going to give you a white stone. That's a symbol for everyone else. But the name, you are the only one who knows it. And him. That's about intimacy and in eternity. The reason I mention that, I remember thinking about heaven, that we're all just going to be clouds floating around looking at Jesus. No, we are going to be recognizable. Why would he give me a name if I'm just joining this disembodied mass? Why would he give me a name? Why would he give me a body? Why would he give me a place? Our greatest reward is him, though. And back to the beginning... In Genesis, sorry, I'm not even watching this. Yeah, well done, Anj. This is what Jesus, sorry, what Father God says to to Abraham. Don't be afraid. I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm going to go to Hebrews 6. How's it? The backup band arrived. We have this challenge where we walk out today and we stomp our toe on a rock. We, we are engaged or we are thrust into a world that is so tangible and so real to our senses. But I want to just read this to you. Hebrews 6. We have this hope that is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become our high priest. I think the grammar needs to be explained here. When we understand, now forgive me, an ex-English teacher, the present participle or the present perfect, I have been, right, so if I ask Brett, are you hungry? He says, nah, I've eaten. So what I have eaten, thats grammar means it's a past experience that has present implications. Right? I have eaten, I, what impli- what's implied? He's not hungry. Right? Um, if I'm, I ask Brett, Britt. Where's, where's the climbing job? Oh, I've been there. So she has the knowledge to be able to tell me how to get there, all right? It's a past experience that has present implications. And here it says, where he has become our high priest. That's past. He stood up, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Our reality, when, going back to Abraham, this is the beginning of the story with Abraham. But if you were to read the whole of Hebrews 6, Abraham is quoted and it says, the fulfillment of that is in the high priest that goes in to the higher place. Now we have one who has gone ahead of us, not into this temple, but into that temple. And that is our anchor. The reality of heaven and the reality that we have a high priest that is forever. Today. That has implications for for today, even though it happened 2,000 years ago. Past reality with today's implications. What are the implications for today? I should be at peace. My father-in-law died at 4 o'clock today. I can stand before you and say, I'm at peace. Why? Not because of anything me, but I have this reality that is an anchor for my soul. He has gone into the inner courts. And he stays there. And another place it says he sits and he makes intercession for me. I see Jesus weeping before the Father for my father-in-law tonight. It's a reality we've got to get a hold of. But there's even one greater reality and I want to land in this. In Hebrews 12, forgive me, I love Hebrews. I love it. Here's the encouragement for you. I'll just read verse 1 and verse 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Can can I be honest? Sin is such a a pathetic substitute. I know. Trust me. This is not from easy living. (laughs) Okay? It is such a poor substitute. But let's lay it aside. Which clings so closely. I need water. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's the clincher. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is, present tense, seated at the right hand of God. What was the joy? What was the joy that he looked at? It was you. We are his reward. Why Why? why did he have to come? For any other reason than us. We are his reward. And he looked at us and looked at the cross and the pain and all the disgrace and said, you are worth it. You are worth it. That the joy that was set before him was us. Now, the beauty in that, our greatest reward is him, but it's in unity with him. We get to commune with heaven, we are his bride, and he is our eternal husband. It's a beautiful thing, this. We have this hope. So we have to have revelation of it and we have to put our revelation to feet.